So my name is Gabrielle Bendinervianni, and today is October 17th, and I am here with Paula Siegel of Brooklyn Public Library for Intersection Prospect Heights, Our Streets, Our Stories, a project of Buscata, PHNDC, and Brooklyn Public Library. So can you just tell me your name? I know I just said it. But. <laughs> it's Paula Siegel. Um, and have you lived or worked in Prospect Heights? I have. I've. Uh, both. I actually used to work in this library a million years ago. I used to teach English to speakers of other languages for the Brooklyn Public Library system. And I used to teach in a space, I don't remember where in the building it was because it was before the renovation. It was before this space yeah, was here. Space, yeah, <laughs> so it, it's interesting how you're, the, the folks who make the space get to really shape your memory. Yeah, yeah right? It's strange that I don't remember. But I lived on Pacific Street uh, between Grand and Washington from 2011 until the very beginning of this year, until 2015. I moved into a house that was clearly an old SRO or rooming house. It had walls in very strange places and it had the remnants of walls and sort of the scars of walls that had been taken down in equally strange places. Um, I moved in with some friends who'd been passing this house through a friend group for many, many years. And when the person who'd been there the longest had moved into the house, it was owned by a couple who lived down the street. And there were a couple from, from the islands, and they were the landlords, the sort of strange house with many rooms. Um, then they got divorced, and then it became very mysterious who owned the house. And that was right around when I moved in. And the deed changed hands a few times, several LLCs held it. Uh, the husband of the couple that had owned it before uh, showed up on the property after one transaction and, and said that he was the handyman now and started taking the trash out, but then the deed changed hands again. It was all very dramatic. And we were finally evicted. Uh, we, we got our uh, eviction notice on Christmas Eve 2014, delivered by a, a very nice young Rasta gentleman from New Jersey. Um, who showed up on, on Christmas Eve and gave us our notice, gave us until February to move out. And the I wasn't home when the Israeli gentleman who was doing the evicting and was supposedly the owner came by, and my housemate was home, and he was really sad. And he told me he was just sitting at the kitchen table, and he was just bummed. This guy looked at him and he was like, why why the long face? This place is going to look amazing when I'm done with it. And I just went by last night, actually. Oh, it's still empty. It's, it was, yeah, all black windows. So it's been almost a year. Um, so that's where I lived. In Prospect Heights. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. well, if you were going to take me on a tour of Prospect Heights, um, or take me to a place that's either important to you or something that I don't know about, where would you take me? Um, so just outside this library, there is this incredible war memorial. It's an arch and it has you know, horses and soldiers and some kind of falconry and <laughs> you know all of the stuff that goes on war monuments on the outside. Um, but 
for a long time on the inside what it had was storage for the bread and puppet theaters puppets that they used mostly in anti-war actions and marches here in the city so they didn't have to transport them from Vermont where their base of operations is there's a little tiny door in the foot of one of the archways and you go you could go into the door and there's a spiral staircase and as you climb the spiral staircase what you were doing was actually walking alongside the poles upon which the tallest puppets were uh, propped and as you got to about the third turn in the staircase you'd be at a puppet height and you'd go up about two more turns and you could look down on these gigantic parade puppets and then there was a little hallway across the top and that's where all the hand puppets and masks were stored. Um, and I got to go up there and actually borrow a puppet of a stork. I think it was a stork. It was a strange white bird that we used for a boat parade on the Gowanus Canal in 2005 or six. A gentleman who worked for the parks department met me. It was winter. We were doing this boat parade in like February or March on the Gowanus Canal. So it was dark really early and he met me after work at like 6.15 at the foot of the archway. And it was completely dark. And I didn't understand when he met me that we were going in the arch. I, we had gotten in touch with Fred and Puppet. We really wanted one of their puppets. We were doing sort of an incantation, a cleansing of the Gowanus Canal. We've been put in touch with this guy whose name I'm not sharing, because I don't know, actually, if the puppets were supposed to be there. <laughs> I still don't know, but they were there. Um, so he had me meet him at the foot of the arch, and I assumed we were going to get in a car, go to his storage space, go to a house or something, but instead he took out a ring of keys and just opened the door at the bottom of the archway, okay. and we went all the way up, and I picked out a puppet that I thought we could keep safe and dry, um, and then we went down the other side, and then um, I kept it for a really long time, actually. But three years later, I had to invite Arlo to come get the puppet back. We just couldn't connect. Um, and he actually came down to the Gowanus to pick it up from, from our boat project. And I heard a few years ago that, that the puppets are no longer there because when Sandy uh, hit, the roof leaked. It got wet. Wow. Yeah. That's so sad. Imagine all of those sad, huge wet puppets. <laughs> like already like crying. All crying, right? They're, but they're already crying, right? So they're just like, yeah, crying even harder. Oh, man. That's, totally. that's really an amazing story. Yeah. It's a really amazing thing to have happen. Um, there's a place that I... There's a place that's, that exists, it's not gone, which is like, oh my God, called the Art Cafe on Underhill and Pacific, one block away from where I used to live. Uh-huh. It's actually the back of a, a tailor shop that's run by a guy named Jimmy who makes his own fabrics and makes suits and does like incredible tailoring, but then also out of the back of his shop runs a little bar and gallery and like projects movies on the side of the building next door and amazing. yeah it's really really nice and it's a place that it seems to me like there's a real soul in this neighborhood do you know and, 
Hmm? Do you know how long that place has been there? His tailor shop has been there for a long time. I'm probably for 12 years. But the art cafe, which he opened on the back of the shop, um, was sort of coming, was becoming over the years that we lived there. So I think it really, really became two years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just like sort of the hang in the back. And now it's a real space. It's a real place, yeah. 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 That's and great. And it's really nice to see something evolve really organically in this neighborhood where it feels like most other things that are new are just like plopped into place and someone's got like an investor and a business plan and a really rigid timeline. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a place that's just sort of growing like a barnacle. It's really nice. <laughs> um, can you just say a little bit of we just came back from the first tour, but can you just say a little bit about either what brought you to the tour or what made you want to tell, tell a story today? And maybe you should say also what you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what made me want to come on the tour is actually when I moved to Prospect Heights in 2011, I knew that we were going to get evicted. The fact that we lived in that house for four more years that was amazing. That was that was its own little Christmas miracle, right? So, because when I moved in, we knew what the situation was. The couple was getting divorced. Pretty clear they were going to flip it eventually. Didn't realize how that was going to happen. Um, but so when I moved to Prospect Heights, it seemed very temporary to me. I moved up from Myrtle Avenue, where I'd been living for a long time, um, and also there my rent just doubled. But. Um, but so only now that I now that the eviction has actually happened, I feel like I can actually own this neighborhood. I feel less tenuous about it and like I truly did live here for four years and I just live down the street now. So it's really nice because I feel like I'm no longer having this like no longer avoiding prospect heights as a as a home. Right, you're kind of always waiting for it to not be yeah. taken away, to be taken away. And now that happened. So it was really nice to get the invitation to come on this tour because I was like, yeah, I want to look around my neighborhood. Like, it's really my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's really nice. And what I do in my day job is run a little organization that helps people actually take control of some of the built environment. Um, by making small level planning decisions um, and taking over primarily vacant lots, primarily city-owned vacant lots for the creation of community-managed pocket parks, farms, and gardens. We're starting to look at um, opportunities in other city assets to create other um, communities, sort of resources, working with a group in Long Island City uh, to envision a way to repurpose a train cutoff that the MTA is making available and figure out how to do that without kind of the big investors in the, in the picture. Um, looking at some publicly owned buildings as potential commercial and cultural spaces that are community run. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. Thank you. Thank you for doing this.